When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Orange and Brown Talk podcast. Back from the bye week, Dan Lobby with Mary Kay Cabot. We are going to do a Hey, Mary Kay edition of the podcast today. So, look, the obvious thing that people want to talk about is the starting quarterback. So, um, just so everyone's kind of up to date with where we're at, we showed up for practice this morning. Deshaun Watson was not out on the field. We came to find out that he was working um, indoors. So he was not out with the team. Kevin Stefanski was very, um, he didn't say a whole lot. We'll put it that way about any of the injuries, but specifically Deshaun's injury, which, which he got pressed on a little bit. Uh, but we're going to start here for a couple of reasons. One, it's a Deshaun question Two, this person included a pronunciation of his name. So Paul Wilsinski from Bay city, Michigan. Hey, Mary Kay, what's the deal with Deshaun Watson? First, it's a sore shoulder and he's going to play. Then he's out. Uh, which was disappointing to him and a lot of fans. And now it's a big mystery about what is going on. You know what? I was surprised when I showed up today and he was not out there with the team throwing. Uh, The reason I was surprised is because, you know, I took Kevin Stefanski at his word after the game when we asked him, do you expect him to be back for the 49ers game? And he said, I do. And he said, obviously, the bye week helps. And then we talked to Andrew Barry on Wednesday, and he also sounded very confident that this was going to be like a one-game thing. He said, this is not a long-term thing. Uh, you know, we've got the bye. We think he's going to heal up. So the fact that he wasn't out there today, it was a surprise to me. Now, does that mean he won't be out there on Wednesday? No, he could be out there on Wednesday practicing. But the fact that he wasn't out there today means to me that he's still dealing with something. It's not like he just completely got well and he was fine coming off of the bye. He's still working through a right shoulder injury and he's not 100% yet. And that means he's probably not going to be able to practice full go throughout the week and take every single rep the way that he would need to. So I think it's significant. I think they need to, they keep saying it's nothing structural, structural, but I would continue uh, to, to keep examining that shoulder, make sure everything's okay in there and just don't leave anything to chance. Part of this. And, you know, we, sometimes we talk about sort of the, the ins and outs of our jobs, but you know, part of it is we do get to be out there at practice. We do get to ask guys questions and, and talk to them and talk to the head coach. But going back to the being out of practice thing, if something seems weird or something seems off, like we have to at least note it. And it is it is weird when the starting quarterback is not on the field with the rest of the team. Now, it could mean nothing. He could just be like Kevin said, just indoor re- part of his rehab process. And Wednesday he's out there and maybe he's still limited, but you know, it's just one of those things. It's weird. And I, I don't know. <laughs> well, it is weird, Dan, because think about this in the, the, the days leading up to the Ravens game, he was standing out there for every single rep and he would be right by Dorian Thompson Robinson 
sort of taking mental reps and mimicking exactly what he was doing. So the fact that Desha- that Deshaun Watson was not out there doing that today, uh, I just think that that was significant. Again, who knows? Maybe there's some gamesmanship going on. You know, you don't put it past teams to do stuff like that, to, to leave the opponent wondering about what is going on with, with a key player like that. But, um, you know, just the fact that he wasn't out there at all, we're only out there for the first 20 minutes. I mean, you don't have to do a lot in those first 20 minutes uh, as a player. You're out there, you're, you know, you're jogging around a little bit, you're warming up, you're getting loose, and then you're throwing some some light ball during during individuals and, you know, position drills in these early passing drills. So the fact that he wasn't out there at all, that just sent up a red flag to me. It really did. And again, we could come out here on Wednesday after the off day tomorrow for the players and everything could be normal. He could be back uh, taking reps with the first team. Uh, He could have nothing on the shoulder for protection and it could be business as usual. But today it wasn't business as usual. And you're right, Dan, Uh, you know, we have to note that and we have to question what's up. And I I think too, it's, it's fair to note that, um, I mean, look, we were told all week leading up to the the Ravens game. And yes, they did list him as questionable, but he told you that he was going to play in, in your reporting. You were getting told over and over again that he was going to play <laughs> and then he didn't play. So um, I, I don't know if burnt is the right word, but I think we all kind of still feel the sting of that a little bit of this idea that everyone just kind of figured, yeah, he's going to play because that's what was being put out there. And now I, I don't think we want to go through that all again. Like if it feels off, it kind of doesn't matter what, what anybody says at this point. We just, we've got to see it. Yeah. I, I remember even back to um, Ravens week when we were sort of making a big deal about the quarterback, you know, being limited and not practicing. And, you know, actually someone mentioned something to me about, oh, you know, this is getting blown out of proportion and blah, blah, blah. Well, ultimately it wasn't blown out of proportion and it wasn't, much ado about nothing. It was much ado about something. And to, to see him again, not out there today, it just, it just does send up a red flag. It sends up a red flag because this is a huge game. It's very important. Uh, it's a really, really good football team coming to town, a five and O football team. And, t- and today's kind of a bonus practice when you're coming off the bye. Normally they don't come out and start preparing for the opponent in earnest until Wednesday. So it's a little bit of a bonus practice for the 49ers, but still it's the 49ers and you have to be ready for this football team in every way, shape and form. I mean, this defense, look what it did to Dak Dak Prescott last night in a 42-10 victory by the 49ers over the Cowboys who were three and one at the time. They were completely blindsided by this defense and everything that it brought to the table. And you don't have you know, days or reps to take off if you if you don't absolutely have to. You've got to be preparing for this football team. And this is, you know, this is a game that they traded for Deshaun Watson for, right? Mm-hmm. You know, it's not the Mahomes versus Watson. It's not the major quarterback battle necessarily. Um, although I don't know, maybe Brock Purdy has something to say about that. Um, mm-hmm. But 5-0 and team coming to your house, this is why you have a quarterback that you gave $230 million to and gave up three first round picks for. Yeah, I mean, I, I actually think it is a an amazing quarterback duel because I think Brock Purdy has really exceeded everyone's expectations. And I think he's now, I can't remember what his record is, but I think it's something like 10-0 and 0 as a starter. Um, so, 
you know, that's pretty darn good. And I think it is a quarterback duel. I think he, he's a great processor and he reads defenses really, really well. And he's got a lot of weapons to utilize. And he did a really nice job with those weapons against what we all know is a pretty stout Cowboys defense with a Micah Parsons and some other really, really good, um, you know, pressure packed guys that can get to the quarterback and just disrupt things. And, um, you know, it's Kyle Shanahan coming to town with his brilliant offensive mind. So I do think that, you know, it is, it is a, a game in which you need your starting quarterback to really be as healthy as possible, as ready as possible. And, um, and it was, you know, it was surprising to me what happened this morning. So you're right. It is 10 and 0 as a starter and then um, two and one in the playoffs. But of course that one in the playoffs was the one where he got hurt against the Eagles and, was not in the game for what came back, didn't, couldn't throw, obviously had to undergo surgery. Um, so even, even that one is just a wonky, like it wasn't a win, but it's, it certainly was, certainly wasn't his fault. So I want to move on to this question then from the five, six, one area code. Uh, Hey, Mary Kay, why is the media pressing Kevin so hard about the injury to Watson? Seems like everyone thinks it's a conspiracy, common sense people, no structural damage does not equal. He can automatically be well enough to play quarterback in the NFL with an injury um, that look, I mean, look, if he's hurt, he's hurt. That's true. If, if he's certain can't play, he can't play, but there's just still so much mystery about it. Right. There is. And you know, there are certain things that you, you know, that you have to ask when you are a reporter and the quarterback does not practice after taking himself out, being medically clear and taking himself out of the previous football game. When he doesn't show up, on Monday for practice coming off of a bye week where everybody pretty much uh, assured us and everyone else that he was going to be healed and ready to go this week. Um, you know, there are certain things that you have to find out. You have to know, okay, now is there some structural damage that, that you didn't think there was before? Has he had more MRIs and tests? Uh, are you comfortable starting Dorian Thompson Robinson? Um, you know, there's, there, there are just a number of things that you have to know. And that's why we have to get those things asked. And, you know, I may have annoyed Kevin Stefanski a little bit with some of the things that I was asking, because after we went through everything, I, I asked him again, sitting here right now, are you optimistic that he will play? There's questionable and there's like, you know, like we're not sure types of situations. And then there's like, yeah. Questionable, yes. Questionable, no. There are, there are so many gray areas in this situation. But I wanted to see if he would reiterate what he did after the football game, after the Ravens game. You know, he was asked, do you think that Deshaun will be ready for the 49ers? And he said, I do. And the, obviously the bye week helps. So I wanted to know today, do you still feel that way? And today he would not go there. Now, they're a little bit, a little bit gun shy right now because of of what happened with the way things went down with the Ravens game. They they got raked over the coals for the way that was handled. And so now, instead of giving any qualifiers on or handicapping how, if he will play or won't play, now it's just everything's day-to-day, day-to-day, day-to-day. We're not saying we feel good about it. We're not optimistic about it. It's just point blank day-to-day and we'll go from there 
you know, the idea of, um, so, you know, that this texture bringing up the, the seems like everyone thinks it's a conspiracy. I mean, look, I could go on with conspiracy theories for days and days. We could do a whole pod on my, my Brown's conspiracy theories over the years, but you leave yourself open to that when you don't offer details and that there's only so much they have to tell us. And Kevin, you know, was not going to give us any details today at all, even about, like you said, his playing status. So when you aren't, when you aren't messaging clearly, whether by choice or just you're not very good at it, and I think it's the former in, in this case, you open yourself up to speculation and you open yourself up to people, especially after what happened in the Ravens game, you open yourself up to people making assumptions. Yeah, and 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 what would we have been saying to ourselves if we let him get out of the room without asking uh, some of the questions that we had to ask in terms of, are you sure there's no structural damage? Did he have further tests? Did he come back from the bye week feeling the same way? Did he continue to feel discomfort in the shoulder when he got back? Um, you know, we tried everything that we possibly could, and that's that's what we're supposed to do. Uh, you know, we have to kind of think like like fans do in, sometimes in terms of what do they want to know? What do people need and want to know right now? And what people want to know with Deshaun Watson is, you know, what's going on in there? What's going on with the shoulder? I'm curious about what's going on in there. I mean, I, I really hope that they're doing every single, I'm sure they are, doing every single test that they can kind of do, that they can do to make sure that there isn't some kind of little hairline fracture in there or something. So I don't know exactly what's going on uh, with all of this. Again, they keep telling us that it's structurally sound. If I were Deshaun Watson, I would have had a second opinion over the bye week, okay? They have a right to do that. Um, it's their NFLPA right to go have an independent second opinion. I would have, I would have done that. that. That is not a knock against uh, the, the Browns medical staff. That's a great, great medical staff. Uh, but, you know, these guys, you know, this is their livelihood. Their body is their brand. And, uh, you know, if it were me or if it were anybody that I know, I would have uh, advised going and getting a second opinion. Now, maybe he did that. Maybe he didn't. I don't know. Uh, but when, you're, when your shoulder and your arm uh, is your whole entire livelihood and it's a $230 million investment for the Cleveland Browns, I would be uh, absolutely 100% getting a second opinion on that and making sure that there wasn't something that you just couldn't see. I mean, if there was some kind of fluid on on the shoulder, which Deshaun told Evan Washburn of CBS that there was, then you might not be able to see exactly what you need to see in the first round of tests. Um, again, they are emphasizing over and over, there is no structural damage. But I, I just think that I would be really erring on the side of caution with that. And, you know, the the other part of this too is like, we, we've talked about this. Today was an example of Kevin. Kevin doesn't say things if he doesn't want to say things. Mm -hmm. So you, you can go back and listen to, to what he said today and how he talked and how he addressed the injury. And he very clearly decided he did not want to answer questions. So then you can take that for uh, for what you want to, if you want to go back in time a little bit. Uh, we're going to keep this one kind of Deshaun Watson heavy. I think we're going to do two Hey Mary Kay pods here. So we're going to kind of keep going with the Deshaun Watson questions. And then we'll have some 49er questions some, and some other questions for a pod going up on Tuesday. Our cadence is a little off this week with the bye. Um, so we'll give you a, a, a kind of a bonus Hey Mary Kay pod. So what we're going to do now is we're going to take a break and we'll have some more 
Deshaun Watson focused Hey MK questions on the other side. And welcome back to the Orange and Brown Talk podcast. Dan Lobby with Mary Kay Cabot. Uh, okay, so let's talk a little bit about uh, DTR. This is, comes from Kevin in Loveland, Colorado. Hey, Mary Kay, any chance Kevin Stefanski learns from last week and gets a game plan to assist DTR? Or do you assume the Browns will... <laughs> this is kind of a harsh question. Do you presume the Browns will have the same level of incompetence as last week? The nice way of putting Kevin's question is, do you think they'll have a better plan in place if DTR has to start on Sunday against that 49ers defense? Well, this is such a good 49ers defense, and it is absolutely, um, you know, Kevin, Kyle Shanahan coming to town, ready to, you know, absolutely get, not get revenge on his, on the Browns, but I mean, you know, you always have a little bit of extra for a team that let you go. That's just human nature. And he's so brilliant. He's a great strategist. And you know that he's going to have some tricks up his sleeve for the Cleveland Browns that I'm sure he's been, he's had somebody looking at this team. It's, they're not just going to let the Browns prepare for two weeks for them without them really spending some time on the Cleveland Browns. So I'm sure they started looking at the Browns a little bit before they even played the Cowboys. And um, they're going to have, they're going to have some things. They're going to be ready to, to go against the Cleveland Browns. Now, as far as DTR is concerned, uh, he is, he's, going to be, if he plays, he would only be in his second NFL game. And that is something that a veteran, brilliant strategist like Kyle Shanahan would be licking his chops over. This is a very stout defense. Again, that defensive front, Eric Armstead, Javon Hargrave now. I mean, come on. Javon Hargrave, who the Browns were very, very interested in signing in free agency, but the 49ers paid him more. He played for, he's an excellent, one of the best, if not the best, interior defensive lineman. Not the best, but one of the best defensive tackles in the game of football right now. Jim Schwartz coached him in Philadelphia. And uh, anyways, this would be a really, really, really tough defense for DTR uh, to excel against. Um, so I think the Browns have, have got to be looking at a different plan B. I really do. I think they have got to be deciding if P.J. Walker might not be the better choice to go up against the 49ers because he has seven starts under his belt. He's gone four and three in his career, and he just, you know, he's got more experience. And I, I do think that, you know, right now that might be the way to go if they had to have somebody else start the game besides Deshaun Watson. You just don't want to see – uh, DTR put out there and, you know, kind of put in harm's way in some ways against a defense like this. So I was curious while you were talking, PJ Walker has played against the 49ers before. Um, it was not a start. It looks like he came in and mop up duty um, when he was with Carolina last year, five of six, uh, 83%, 60 yards. Now, again, I don't know who San Francisco had on the field. I don't know what was going. That's completely without context. I'm sure it was a situation like Sunday night where San, you know, Kyle put in all his backups or something, but um, you, you know, that experience does, does matter against a team like this. Just the fact that you've played and started and, you know, I know you don't want to mess with DTR's confidence, but you have to consider it because you have to win. Like you just have to start winning games. Like you can't let these games slip away just because you have a backup quarterback out there. 
Well, when you look at what this 49ers defense did to a veteran, experienced, excellent quarterback in Dak Prescott, uh, you can only just imagine what could possibly happen to a rookie starting only his second NFL game. Again, nobody's hoping that this happens. Everybody, I'm sure, believes that Deshaun Watson is going to play this game. Um, but when you talk about confidence with D- DTR, I think what would hurt his confidence even more so than not playing the game would be to go out there and just get crushed again. Uh, you know, to get sacked a bunch of times, to throw a bunch more interceptions, and, you know, to have it not go well at all, the way that it didn't go well against the Ravens. And the other thing to consider, Dan, is the fact that, and we're going to get more into this, is the fact that Ethan Posick is day-to-day with a knee injury and a chest injury. And then we saw Joel Batonio walk out of the facility on crutches last Wednesday, and he is also day-to-day. And we know that there are uh, some issues going on, you know, right now, just in terms, at least in run blocking with Jed. And, you know, there have been some protection issues. So certainly, if Joel and Ethan are iffy, you really don't want to throw a rookie quarterback to the wolves. You just don't want to do that. Yeah, that's um, that's disconcerting, obviously. Um, and, and we don't know. Again, Kevin did not give us any details on uh, Ethan. He did not give us any details on Joel. Um, like you said, he was spot, Joel was spotted walking out with crutches, which is never great. I mean, I think the I guess the optimistic spin is maybe it was just a precautionary thing. And we know that Joel does not miss time. Like he has not missed a single snap since he came back from that Liz Frank surgery. But if you're on crutches, sometimes there's nothing you can do about it. Um, If it's just a little nagging injury or something that he's got to fight through a high ankle sprain or whatever, he'll be out there. But if it is something that's more serious, then you start to worry because he is I don't even think it's a discussion. He's your best offensive lineman, and he's so important to everything this team does, but especially in the run game. And now you wouldn't have Joel, and you don't have Nick Chubb, and you could have a rookie quarterback starting. That's just a a recipe for disaster. Yeah, and you know what, Dan? I mean, I've been trying to, you know, dig around a little bit today and sort of try to figure out what's going on with Joel. And as of this moment, it's shrouded in a bit of mystery, okay? Uh, We know that he went into the Ravens game uh, that week being limited with an ankle injury. So this could just be that. They might just want him not putting any weight on that ankle. They might have have had a bye week plan for him. I think with some of the guys, they... They really were, you know, being very progressive with their injuries. We know that we saw Miles Garrett walk out of that game with a left walking boot on. And, you know, I think they were really wanting these guys to, you know, immobilize some things, get some things healed up over the bye week. So, like you said, it could just be precautionary, uh, but it could be something more than that. And again, it's shrouded in a little bit of mystery. He was not there today. We didn't see him. He could have been inside the building working, uh, but we did not see him. So, we really don't know exactly what's going on with Joel, but Kevin was really vague about it. Right now, they don't have to tell us anything about injuries. You don't have to do that on the Monday after a bye week. You can wait until Wednesday to put out the official injury report. And for competitive reasons, they're going to wait as long as they possibly can uh, to do that with these undefeated 49ers coming to town. And why is this such an important game? Not just because it's the undefeated San Francisco 49ers, 5-0, but because they just got their butts kicked by the Ravens to drop to two and two. The last thing that they want right now is at home 
to fall to two and three, especially because as you pointed out today, Dan, and I really wasn't even thinking of it like this. They have, is it five of their next eight games on the road? It's five of seven. So five of seven. This, after this game, five of their next seven on the road. And that ends with that Denver LA back to back where they're going to be staying out in LA for the week. So it is a, and there's also a trip to Seattle in there. So it's a brutal, brutal stretch here. It is a brutal stretch. That is an unbelievably brutal stretch. We are going to say goodbye to your children for a while, Dan, because you're not going to be able to see, be seeing them until, um, you know, Christmas morning when we get back from Houston at like 1030 in the morning or whatever. Yeah, yeah more, more like Christmas afternoon. <laughs> Christmas afternoon, children. <laughs> don't don't uh, be thinking that, you know, that dad's going to be assembling things under the tree on Christmas Eve. Not happening this year. Sorry. But he will be there. Don't worry. We we have made sure we're getting home for Christmas Day at some point. As long as the Knock pilots, <laughs> as long as the pilots and the crew show up for work and the plane works, we're coming home. But anyways, right. it's going to be a really really grueling stretch, and that's why you want to finish this off. You don't want to. They're right now in the middle of a three game homestand, and you don't want to go to finish it off 0-2, you know, with these last two two games. You don't want to do that. You just lost to the Ravens, and it was in embarrassing and humiliating fashion. You don't want that, that to happen against the 49ers. You just don't. And I would have thought, okay, when I looked ahead to this schedule and I thought about the 49ers coming here, I really thought with Deshaun Watson and with the way this defense is playing and with, with Miles Garrett that, you know, that, that this would be a good game. Now, I'm really questioning if this if they have the potential, uh, you know, to to give the 49ers the kind of battle that I knew they would give them with Deshaun and everybody healthy and everything rolling along the way that you wanted it to. Right now, at this moment, unless they get a running game, I mean, now they don't have Nick Chubb anymore and they don't have Jack Conklin. You know, when I thought they would give them a good game. I, I thought for sure, obviously, that they would have Nick Chubb and Jack Conklin and even Jakeem Grant and whatever. Um, you know, now it's not quite exactly the explosive offense that we thought it was going to be. I mean, let's think about this. Deshaun Watson has completed, has thrown one touchdown pass to a wide receiver this season. Just one. Okay. He's only thrown four, uh, but only one to a wide receiver. And that's to Amari Cooper. So the offense just hasn't gotten off the ground yet. And you are bumping up against one of the best defenses in the NFL that just found its voice for the most part. I mean, like really found itself against those Cowboys. Okay. I want to address this. Um, It was obviously brought up by one of our texters and it's something that's, I I know has been floating around out there is from Megan in Dayton. Uh, Hey, Mary Kay. Is there anything to reports this past week that Deshaun damaged his standing with the locker room by not playing against the Ravens? You know, I didn't talk to anybody that that feels that way. Sometimes you can find, you know, one guy, you know, in the locker room. And if you ask the question the right way, they might answer yes. Sometimes you find people and I did not ask anybody if they were dismayed or upset with Deshaun Watson. Um but 
I think somebody did. I don't know if, how it was reported yet because I haven't really looked around to find it. Um, but, you know, sometimes you can find some, you know, somebody that, that will say, oh, yeah, you know, yeah, we were, we were bummed out about that. I, you know, I, I don't know. I don't, I really don't think it's a locker room issue. I, I don't believe that it's a locker room issue. I think the players in the Browns locker room trust Deshaun Watson. They like Deshaun Watson. They're bonded with Deshaun Watson and he's a, he's a player's player. I mean, he, he is a, he's a team guy. So I would find it very hard to believe that there is some kind of widespread uh, player backlash to Deshaun Watson, not playing. I think you might be able to find an isolated, well, yeah, you know, whatever, but I don't think it's like this thing that permeated the locker room by any stretch. And, you know, I'm sure it was a shock to the system. I'm sure these guys were going in expecting him to play. And then it's like, oh, he's not. Um, and I'm sure that's a shock to the system. I'm sure that's disappointing. But, um, yeah, I, you know, I, I don't know. <laughs> you know, I wasn't going around asking the question. Um, you know, on the record, no one was saying it. But obviously that's different. Um, so that th- this is one of those things that I guess we'll see. But if Sean goes out there and plays and, and they start winning and they get where they can get to, then none of it matters. Like all of this sort of becomes a footnote, but, but right now uh, that, that feels like a big, uh, a big F. All right. One more Deshaun question. And this is a, this is a doozy of a question to end with from the four, one, four area code. Hey, Mary Kay would love to hear your thoughts on how Deshaun is doing compared to Baker Mayfield and his resurgence down in Tampa Bay. This is, this was a big weekend for, old Baker Mayfield. His team's playing well. He got to go to the Red River. What do they call it now? The Red River rivalry, I guess. Um, got to see Oklahoma get a win over Texas. So everything's coming up Baker right now. But I guess I would say let's like let's just wait and see. Because I do know the one bad game Baker played was against the Eagles and that fierce pat it was like right out of the Baker textbook. You you face mm-hmm. a team with big big, strong, fast pass rushers and he struggles. So we'll see. It is early with Baker Mayfield. Let's see how he stands the test of time over the season. Um, you know, Baker does some things really well. Uh, there, there are certain styles of defense that he matches up well against and others that he doesn't. And I know he's got a really good supporting cast. And, you know, just let's let's see how he does. Let's see how it all shakes out at the end of the season. It's way too early to say that the Browns got this wrong and Baker Mayfield is everything everyone thought he was going to be, and he's suddenly living up to his number one overall status. Let's just see how it goes. And and also, let's, I mean, just it's worth noting, we're three teams removed now from the Browns. Um, that You know, it didn't work in Carolina. LA, had, LA got a little taste when, when he was there. And he won that game and they still kind of decided that, that they wanted to go a different direction. And now, I don't know, maybe he just didn't want to be the backup there, but you know, we'll see. He's played, the, he's beaten the Vikings, he's beaten the Bears, and he's beaten the Saints. Now the Saints have a pretty good defense, but um, you know, against the Eagles, he looked really bad. And that was kind of a, like I said, a big, a lot of big, fast, athletic pass rushers. Um, that's when Baker has struggled, so. Uh, it was, was just sort of out of the Baker textbook. Okay, so we will wrap up with that question. 
Uh, we're going to come back on Tuesday with a part two. This is going to be a little more 49ers kind of big picture centric, but a lot to talk about with Deshaun Watson today here on Monday as we were recording this with uh, him practicing inside as the Browns return to the field off their bye week. Uh, Football Insider is where these questions came from. Cleveland.com slash Browns, the blue banner at the top of the page for info on that. Find us on YouTube, search Cleveland Browns on Cleveland.com and find us on Instagram, search Orange and Brown Talk over there. Uh, Mary Kay, I will talk to you in part two. Sounds great.